What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you're tuned into Kinda Neat. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. Follow my man Ben Shim behind the boards, making the shit sound buttery at I Am Database, space with two S's. Follow us as a unit at That's Kinda Neat, where we just broke 700 followers. Very happy about that. And uh, Facebook.com slash Kinda Neat. Subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com slash That's Kinda Neat, where you're going to see our guest this week, Raquel Rodriguez. You guys have been asking for it and asking for it, and so I finally decided to bring her in. She performs uh, Don't Owe You a Thing. Her and Jamie Arendt, they kill it. Subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, download that podcast app, search for Kind of Neat, and subscribe to us, leave five stars, comment, all that good stuff. Hopefully one day we'll end up on the front page of, of iTunes as like a cool podcast, but who knows, maybe it'll never happen. If not, I will die sad and lonely, but if it happens, whew, I will feel so validated. I'm going to continue on the path the path of embarrassing stories that we've been doing because like I said I got a whole bunch of good ones and this one comes from a guy who I chat with on my DMs on Insta I mean on uh, Facebook every once in a while he was uh he was a baseball player so we talk about baseball a lot he he was like uh I think he maybe got to like triple a or something or he got drafted and then he got hurt so he doesn't play anymore but he said uh okay I got one for you freshman year baseball Played at a big baseball school, only freshman to make the varsity team, and I was really nervous. The guys and I all went to lunch before the first game. I got a really upset stomach, swung out of my shoes the very first pitch I seen, and I hit a towering foul ball and pooed myself. <laughs> I just want to say this is not him. This is me now. A lot of the embarrassing stories that I got sent involve shitting yourself. That is apparently the, the most embarrassing thing that a human can do is shit yourself. Um, so he says, I pooed myself, LOL. Had to run straight to the locker room and not finish my head bad. <laughs> and he, he goes, I hope that helps with your podcast. Better be anonymous or not. Either way, haha. He says, I did clean up and finish the rest of the game like a boss, though. At which I laughed. And uh, it also reminded me of a great baseball story that I have from my freshman year of uh, baseball. I also made the varsity team. I was not from a big baseball school. I was from a small school with a much smaller talent pool. But I did get a, I got a lot of playing time my freshman year, and I'm thankful for that. It was, it was a lot of fun. But uh, one of the games where I did um, ride the pine, where I, sat, I was sitting on the bench, the bench that I was sitting on was like a pretty old slab of wood. Had a lot of chunks of wood sticking out of it and stuff. It was funny because before the game, one of the assistant coaches was talking, well, you know, I was sitting out or something and, and I wasn't used to sitting out. I was kind of upset about it or something. And, you know, they start people started joking and this and that. And he's like, you know, if you keep talking that way, you're going to you're going to be sitting on this bench until you get splinters in your ass. And that's a foreshadowing of what happened. I was sitting next to a dude named CJ who used to ride the pine a lot. And um, while the team was out in the field. You know, so there weren't that many people on the bench. There was maybe only five of us in there. CJ happened to fart and it was a loud one. And I got a little scared and I went, oh, my God, why did you why did you fart like that? And I scooted over on the bench. And as I kind of slid over, I felt a huge chunk of wood go into the bottom of my ass cheek, like right above my thigh where the ass turns into thigh. You know, the like I didn't scream. I didn't say, ouch. I just kind of went from laughing to like a very straight face. Like I'm sure my, I probably looked like I had just seen a ghost or something. And I very calmly said, 
oh man, I just got a really big splinter in my ass. And my assistant coach like laughed at that and turned around and he goes, ha ha. He's like, oh yeah, right. And he pulls out his Leatherman. He had a Leatherman tool and he said, yeah, let me get it for you. And I said, nah, man, I think it's like a, I think I really have like a big splinter in my ass. And I like stood up and turned around and everybody goes, Oh, like it was, I had like a fucking log sticking out of my ass cheek. Basically. Like I impaled myself with a piece of wood and it was terrible. And I reached around and felt it. And it was like probably a good, it was like probably three inches long, but it was like pretty thick and it was like really in there and it had just broken off. It went through the nylon pants that you wear and then it went through a pair of sliding shorts right into my ass cheek. It was terrible. And I was kind of like, well, get it out, like get it out. And they're like, nah, dude, you're going to have to probably go to a hospital for that. And, um, you know, thankfully, like my dad was a medic uh, in the Air Force and a lot of uh, his friends are at the game and they were all medics as well. You know, shout out to Mike Malone, who's one of my dad's best friends. I went over to him. He was sitting there watching the game. and I said, yo, man, like, what do I do? And he's like, oh, shit, like we're going to have to like take you to the clinic and get that out. And he had to basically do minor surgery. They gave me an anesthetic in my ass cheek to numb it up. And then he took like a pair of, um, you know, surgical scissors and some clamps and shit and dug around in there and had to pull out this big chunk of wood. I didn't have to get any stitches, but uh, uh, it was it was terrible and and so it was very embarrassing you know so the rest of the season people would try to be like oh yeah you know Shane, you ride the pine you got them splinters in your ass that and i said you know what i got a splinter in my ass because i'm not used to sitting on the bench i'm not one of you losers i'm usually out in the field i didn't know that the bench would actually give you splinters and um so that is my embarrassing story and it was it was disturbing it was disturbing and i probably still have a, a scar on my ass maybe but it's like covered in large quantities of ass hair so uh it's all good but yeah thank you guys for uh sharing your embarrassing stories and i will probably share another one next week because it seems like an easy way to do intros and i enjoy it and uh you know yeah so we talked to raquel today and raquel and i are like pretty good friends and so it was hard to kind of keep a straight conversation going with her we kind of just are bullshitting most of the time and laughing and joking and so you probably won't learn that much about her but i figure if you're a fan of what i've been doing you probably are pretty familiar with her anyway and are loosely um familiar with her story so I don't think you guys will mind too much that we just bullshitted a lot, but I did learn some fun things and we talked about some of our history, which has little interesting stories in it. And so I think you guys will enjoy it. And it was fun and we laughed a lot. And I, and I always love when, when I get to laugh during my podcast. So without further ado, here is my guest this week, Raquel Rodriguez. What's up, Rockle Rod? What have you been up to? Uh, singing. Just put out a new video, a new song. Yeah, what's up with that? My friend Nikos helped me write it. Sam, the drummer. You know Sam. Sam you know Sam. Sam, Sam Bronner. Bronner. Shout Sam out to Sam Bronner. <laughs> yeah, he uh, produced the whole thing at his studio, Blue Dream Productions, over there in North Hollywood. I thought Blue Dream had to close. Or is it just, they just no, changed Blue locations? Blue Dream Productions relocated and it's even better oh. now. And I yeah. just drove by the old Blue Dream the other day. Downtown? It, yeah, that's sort of Colt 45 Did you factory throw eggs is at by it? there. No. Why? Why? What's wrong with it? They're stupid there. You guys just couldn't afford the, the <laughs> rent there or what? I can't afford rent anywhere. <laughs> I'm a musician. Yeah. Why aren't you blowing up yet? I don't know. Yo, why don't you do American Idol? 
Are you kidding me? I watch American Idol low key. Like, uh, if anything, I would do the voice, but I only I'm not going to do any of that. Man, shit. Fuck the voice. I only <sighs> watch the first like half of each season, like before it turns into they go to Hollywood and it gets all like karaoke competition. I like to watch the tryouts, the auditions. I oh, guess. yeah, those are always pretty funny. Well, not even funny. Like, honestly, low key, they make me tear up sometimes. <laughs> like they, they get a good story <laughs> and then it's like some dorky looking person who's like dad just died and like wow. they have multiple sclerosis or something and then they come out and start singing you and eat I, that shit up I get just the like they want you dude, to i get the tingles i like it better than like when they were clowning people like yo william hong dog i feel bad for you because like but i'm down with these people that got these sob stories that come out and they You're got the smoke so- smoky voices it makes my eyes tear up you that's know? so stupid i can't even believe you fall for that shit why because they okay no disrespect to american idol but like they fight we're coming people. for you seacrest <laughs> we're out here coming for you seacrest <laughs> I hate Ryan Seacrest, too. Yo, but also this season, Harry Connick Jr., he's mad funny, dog. I haven't even seen any of it. You like Harry Connick Jr., I, don't I you? I think I do like Harry Connick Jr., yeah, but he's that's tight. because like he's, he's the only musician. one that knows what he's talking about. Yeah, but I'm saying he's a jazz musician. You're a jazz musician. You should like I'm, him. I'm sort of a jazz musician. I used to be. <laughs> oh, you used to be. <laughs> I'm a thug now. You broke up with jazz? No, we're still homies. Oh, you're just friends now? Just friends. Lovers yeah. no more. Is that a jazz, is that a jazz standard? <laughs> That's a jazz standard shit. See? Backfired. Yeah, you still got love for jazz. Um, I know, I yeah. do. I do love jazz. Yeah. Where where are you from, Raquel Rod? Los Angeles. That's why I got my 310 on. Yeah, you always got that 310 on. You're from the west side? West side, Santa Monica. What part of Santa Monica? Are you from like the beachy part or the like downtowny part? Well, I mean... The part with skyscrapers. Pretty much all of Santa Monica. Like, I went to Santa Monica High School. I went to John Adams Middle School. I went to John Muir Elementary School. It's all around Los An- or Santa Monica. Yeah. Gilbert's is in, like, yeah, the shout, heart of Santa Monica. Shout out to Gilbert's, but more shout outs to Paco's. Gilbert's El Indio. What up? That's my uh, family's restaurant. Pico on 26. I fuck with your dad's restaurant, but I like your uncle's restaurant better. That's because you like the... What? I mean, they're both delicious, but, like... I guess because I'm biased and it's my dad's restaurant, like I'm always just gonna go to Gilbert's because yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I fuck I fuck with Paco's mainly because of the tortillas. Yeah, that's what everybody says, but and the cochinita pibil. Okay, the cochinita pibil is pretty. The cochinita pibil is pretty bomb. But... It's pre- yeah, that is probably like my favorite Los Angeles meal is the cochinita pibil. Like if people ask me like, "Yo, where do you want to eat tonight?" Like if it was an occasion, I'm like, "Let's go to Paco's because I want <laughs> cochinita pibil." Yeah, we went there for your fucking birthday, and that shit was like, "Why am I here?" Because it's delicious. That's why <laughs> I know there. it is, dude. I get. I haven't gotten anything different from Paco's in like the last twenty years and the thing about pockets is it's like nice enough to go there and have it be an event but not so nice that like your broke friends can't afford did it did you know that that's where they filmed uh jerry Maguire, the restaurant scene in show jerry me Maguire? the money or what i've never seen yeah. jerry Maguire. oh well then you're missing I really, out i don't really fuck with tom cruise yeah neither do i because he's know. a stupid little why why do you have such, why do i keep talking shit about everybody why, yeah, you have why, me in a bad mood or why something do you have such harsh feelings towards all these people you're I like don't fuck know. ryan seacrest fuck tom cruise <laughs> They're all gonna come to Paco's and they're all gonna. They're gonna come to Gilbert's. No, you know what? I, I just no. You know, I think I like Tom Cruise, but only in that movie. I don't really know enough about any of them to hate him. So Mm. I Mm. take all that back. Mm. Ryan Seacrest, if you ever hear this, I'm so sorry. I disrespected you. (laughs) I'm down with Seacrest. I'm trying to be the hood Ryan Seacrest. You know, like I'm hoping to graduate from my podcast and be on. I can't believe you just said that. Why? (laughs) 
I'm trying <laughs> the hood Ryan Seacrest for real. I'm trying to be rap game Ryan Seacrest. I want 86 Ew. jobs and I want to like never sleep and be around J Lo a lot. So you're gonna be the next host of uh, American Idol? Yeah, is that I, why you like it so much? When I was in high school, I used to look like Carson Daly, and he's kind of on that same shit. Carson he, Daly's pretty hot. He's like a broke ass Ryan Seacrest, low key. But yeah, back when I had hair, I used to kind of look like him. But it was also the time no, when he, you when didn't. he was hosting TRL, people would always be like, "Yo, you look like Ryan. You look like hey, uh, Carson are you Carson Daly? Daly?" They wouldn't say, "Are you Carson Daly?" But they would be like, "You look like that fool or um, Freddie Prince Jr." No, you did not. <laughs> actually, in high school, actually, I am going to take back the no, you did not, because I've seen some pictures of you when you were younger and you kind of do look like in him. high school. I hella looked like yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. And really that's when did. he was cracking. So like chicks were loving <laughs> what was that, that movie. Shit. She's all that. Yeah, she's all that. Yeah, that was one of my favorite movies. I'm telling you. Up. Yeah. Whatever happened to that girl in that movie? She was so hot in that and she just fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't even remember her name. Yeah, me neither. Um, well, <laughs> anyways, shout out to that girl and she's all that. Yeah. I, I feel like this podcast, we're not going to get anything accomplished history wise <laughs> because like I already know too much about you Yeah, and we already did one of these, um, fuck two Way years ago. Back you, when. you were my second podcast I ever did. Yeah. And at that point it was a live format. So it was like broadcasted live and I didn't know what I was doing. So I was, both of us were very uncomfortable. Do you remember how we recorded that? No. So <laughs> we had like those tiny little computer speakers because the people next door kept complaining uh, about the noise. Yeah. Level. We used to always get noise. Complaints. And I had Jacob playing the keyboard and like it's electronic keyboard. Right. And you're like, you guys, you, you got to keep turn turning it down, down. Turn it down. I couldn't hear Jacob for shit. Like yeah. I was kind of just singing, guessing what we were doing. Yeah. But that was kind of an experience. It was. I mean, we were still figuring it out, you know, and we had some other um, jazz musicians on um, later that year. Um Ooh. Well, rest in oh, peace. Yeah. Rest Austin in peace. Peralta. We had Austin Peralta on, um, yeah. who unfortunately passed last year, I think. Yep. And it was very sad, but he was a super cool guy. And they brought in um, electric drums. And I remember that. Dog. They, and it's like, we were like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you can bring in a whole, your whole drum kit, thinking that it's going to be quiet. And those motherfuckers were hella loud. Yeah. Zach Harmon is uh, the drummer. We know name. Zach. Yeah, Zach. It's a small community, the it's jazz It's a community. very small community. Uh, Austin Peralta is actually, he went to high school with... My bass player, Nick Campbell, he oh, they yeah, went yeah. to high school together. They were really Shout good friends. Shout out to Nick. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Nick. He's a- Shout out to my band, Sammy B, Jamie Arendt, Nick Campbell, Tim McKay, Jacob, Jacob Mann, Brandon Phillips. What up? I always... Uh, Jacob. Jake Mann. I love Jacob Mann. He's so funny. He's like he's a little goofball, but I love like shouting him out and just like, you know, when he when you guys play together, I was like, be like Jacob! He gets so embarrassed. <laughs> but, he, but it's tight. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jacob's... Jacob's been uh, finishing up school recently, and I could tell he's got senioritis because he's kind of starting to act more like me and Sam. Well, how do you guys act? We act up. Uh, we wild out. You turn up? We turn up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Why? What do, well, yeah, what do you do nowadays? I haven't seen you. Like We were talking about this earlier. I haven't seen you since my birthday, I think. Yeah, like se- seven Six or seven ago. months. We've just At been Paco's. busy. At Paco's. We know. But... <laughs> Yeah, so I have no idea what your daily basis is like. Because I was, I helped out a little bit uh, in, in, we were around each other a lot in like the beginning of 2012. I was yeah, trying to help the with your record. Of my record. Yeah, and so I was around a lot then. And then when the record was done, you guys were like, oh, okay, finally, we don't have to be around me anymore because <laughs> he's a fucking asshole. Thank God. Yeah, but you know, I got busy with this and you got busy trying to push that, I guess. So, what, yeah, what, so the what's, record's been doing really well. We actually just released it in Japan. 
this record company called Sweet Soul Records yeah. in Japan. They hit me up and they're like, yo, we really like your album. Can we sell it over here? Like, they still have Tower Records over there that they sell my physical CD in. Wow, that's crazy. I know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, like, I heard that soul music is big in Japan, but I also heard there's like blackface soul bands there. Like For real? That's what I've heard, that in Japan... There are groups of Japanese men um, that do like almost like barbershop quartet type stuff, but they wear blackface. That's fun. that's all hearsay. I've I've I have seen album covers of it, but I don't know if it's like absolutely one hundred percent true. But I have heard that. Wow. Well, yeah. The only thing I've really heard is that they are big on soul music and yeah, yeah. They love that shit. Absolutely. They eat they... it up. I can't wait to tour in Japan. Are you going to get to tour in Japan? Eventually, we're hoping like within the next year or two. Can I tour manage? Yeah. Because I'll do it. I, you only have to pay me $1,000 a night. Oh, no, yeah. Kidding. Done. Easy. <laughs> you just have to pay me the full amount of what your band will make a night at <laughs> Altor yeah. Manage. We'll just come out of pocket to pay yeah, you to go sure. on tour for with sure. us. For sure. And I'll feed you guys out of my profits. Yeah, um, for sure. Oh, also, I met a dude a long time ago who... Um, used to make beats out of like old nintendo um family home systems like he would deconstruct them and then use the sounds inside of it to make beats it was pretty interesting what but his job he was he was living in japan he's a white dude living in japan and his job was literally to um edit video games right edit japanese video games to edit the racism out because like <laughs> there, you know there's a not job. there's not a lot of like black people over there. there's not a lot of white people over there etc cetera, etc cetera. so it was like like his whole thing was to make sure that Japanese produced video games by the time they got to America didn't have any like bad what racist, kind of racist cultural shit. shit. Is in I have no video idea, but that, that was just his whole thing was to make sure that like it wouldn't be offensive to Americans because there's a lot of like stray racism and shit. But it, wow. like like not even bad natured racism, just on some like they didn't know that it's offensive like type of shit. You know what I mean? Ignorance sort of stuff. Not even ignorant. Yeah, I guess ignorant. Technically, I mean, ignorance. They just don't know. Yeah, they just didn't know. You know what I mean? Like it's insensitive. Wow. So look at that. I learned something from you. Yeah, yeah. So that's a first. You're a real. You, you've learned so much from me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you have I'm taught ki- me I'm so kidding. much. I haven't taught you anything. No, I, I think I've learned how to I've taught be you a little that, tougher. I've taught you how to not be successful. Is the only thing that I've taught <laughs> wow, you. Wow. So you're saying I'm not successful yet? Yet. No. Now that I'm not around as much, perhaps things are going to start working out <laughs> for you. I'm a curse. I am a curse. No. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, were you born in the '90s or the '80s? Almost the ni- no, not almost the nineties. Nineteen eighty. So you're like techni- you're like a nineties child though. Yeah, I definitely grew up in the nineties. Yeah. I love like the Spice Girls. I actually was so obsessed with Hanson for so long. Do you remember Hanson? Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. I fucking love that. I feel shit. Uh, yeah. I, feel I told. Like- I wrote a letter to the drummer Zach Hanson. You love I was, drummers. I know. What is it? Huh. I, I wrote a letter to him when I was like nine or something. You know and I is. asked him, will you marry me? I'll wait for you when you wow. when we're old enough. <laughs> See, and if it was modern day and age, you could have just fucking private DM'd him. Yeah, like, or you like, know, he's like liked his shit on Instagram. Yeah, or something. like it on Instagram and then send him a fucking booty shot. Be like, this this could be us, but <laughs> hey, you playing. Zach. Yeah, hashtag this could be us, but I you I can't playing. even stand that name anymore, though. Zach? Yeah. Why? Because he turned me down. He mm, never responded. He never responded. What a pity. Um, no, but yeah, I grew up in the 90s. I, uh, I've i always been in Los Angeles. I've never lived anywhere else. You have a big, huge family, right? I have a huge family. And they're all in L.A. pretty and much. It, it's crazy because sometimes I forget that. But um, recently, like January 3rd, my Aunt Minnie passed. and Rest in peace, Aunt Minnie. Yes, rest in peace, Minnie. Was it a great aunt or like? No, it was my mom's sister. How old was she? 63, 64. Yeah, she was young. It was a 
Just health issues. Health as in she wasn't taking care of herself or was it a genetic thing? Like, do you feel the day is counting now? No, I think, she, well, she was a smoker. Okay. So I think that contributed a lot to it, but. Shout outs to Camel Lights. <laughs> no. Just kidding. No. Uh, she, yeah, she she smoked a lot, but I think, I don't know. I don't really know exactly yeah. everything that happened. It was just a combination of everything. But at her service that we just recently had. We have, there's a small church that we go to and it probably fits about a hundred, 150 people. And the Rodriguez family just it sold it out. It was completely full of just our family, like wow. just our family and maybe a few of her old friends, mm-hmm. but like the top was full, the bottom was full. Then the service afterwards was like, there was a line of a hundred people to go and get food. I'm like, damn, where did all these fucking people come from? Like. Most of them are my cousins that I can't even remember their names because it's like I never see them. But our family is huge. My mom was one of 13 kids. My dad is one of nine. I've got like 30 something cousins on my dad's side that I can name like first cousins. Wow. Like same thing on my mom's side. And there's just there's a ton of us. And they called you Muñeca because you're the baby. And were you like the youngest cousin or what? No, I think I got the nickname Muñeca because like when I was born, both my my dad's from Guadalajara. He looks kind of white. My mom was raised in the San Joaquin Valley, so she looks white. She has blonde hair most of the time. But I guess I just came out looking really pale, and they were like, "Oh, she looks like a porcelain doll. Let's call her Muñeca." So and it just stuck. Mm. And it's because, you know, I've got this perfect skin of mine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll edit that part out just to make you look cooler. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so being from a big family and being the young Muñeca, like, do you have just a ton of people sticking up for you? Oh, yeah. Like, you were very probably protected. Oh, yeah. I feel bad for your first boyfriend. I feel like that must have been miserable for him. Yeah, that was always a tough one growing up. Mm. It's like I was always scared to have a boyfriend because I knew my brothers would probably be like, the fuck are you doing? Who the fuck is that? Yeah, both of your brothers look like scrappers too. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Your dude, brothers aren't small boys. Yeah, they're pretty beefy. Yeah. Yeah, well, I used to think like if Andres, because Andres, my oldest brother, I don't know how tall he is. He's not that tall, but like. He's like 5'10". To me, he's like a pit bull. Like, yeah, he's stocky. He's, yeah, it's like. He's really strong and stocky and, like, could probably fuck some shit up. For sure. <laughs> uh, Bucci, he's just, he's a tree trunk. Like, yeah, he Bucci's could just boy. knock someone over. Yeah. But, yeah, they they both uh, they both stood up for me a lot. I went to high school with Bucci for two years, I think, at Samo. And so whenever someone would take, I remember one time, one of the football players that they hated they all like they didn't get along really well. He was in my Spanish class. And Your brothers he, didn't play football though. Uh, not really. They're more the creative type. Mm. This is my whole family is. Yeah. But this one football player was in my Spanish class, and like the I was a freshman, he was a senior, and he kept throwing shit at me during class. And is that because he was little, trying to flirt? No, it's because he hated my brothers. Mm. And little old me, I was like, let's see the why but is like he the real shit? but the real G shit would have been like, oh man, I hate your brothers. I'm gonna try to fuck you. No, he. That's how you. Really, that's how you really get some, He said some stuff to me that was kind of terrible. But then I told Bucci, like I was a ninth grader, I didn't know what to do. It was like the beginning of my high school years, mm-hmm. so I told my brother at lunchtime, and I was like, Bucci, he was throwing stuff at me. What do I do? I don't like him. He's gonna. He's in my class. Like I was all panicked about it, and he 
he's like, where is he right now? Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. It's probably regular lunch, but he's like, show me where he is right now. Mm-hmm. And like, we all walked over there. Bucci had like a couple friends with him and he's like, hold this. And he took off his watch and he took off his jacket and he went up to him and got real close to his face. He's like, dog. If you ever fuck with my little sister again, I swear to God, I'll fucking kill you. Ooh. And he just stared at him. And the guy was like, no, no, dog. I was just, I was just playing. I was just playing. I, I didn't mean shit. He's like, I'm not kidding, fool. Like, I'll fuck you up. Like, don't ever talk to my sister. Don't even look her way when you're in class with her. And I swear to God, the guy never did anything huh. to me again. Like, he never said anything. I'm, I think they're actually friends now. Yeah. Like, I think they all got past that. But That scene sounds like a mixture of Blood In, Blood Out and the West Side Story. Like, you guys, <laughs> you guys just go over there fucking strutting. Wow, if you guys just saw Lee strutting right now, <laughs> you would probably laugh just as oh, hard as man. I did. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, so you have brothers sticking up for you. And so, like, well, yeah. I mean, how's that for you? Like, how does that affect you mentally and emotionally? I loved it. Yeah? yeah you never I, felt smothered? No, I loved it. I, I got to be kind of a tomboy, and I, I don't have sisters, so I definitely was a tomboy, but, like... If anything ever happened, I could just threaten people with my brothers. Like, oh, I've got older brothers. Like, in the song I just did, Don't Know You Think. Like, I told my brothers to beat your ass. Like, that's actually true. Mm-hmm. I told my brothers to beat some people's asses. Not for show. For sure. For show. Sure. You were on that list once in a lifetime. No, I wasn't. Your brothers, <laughs> I get along with your brothers. They're good. Andres has gotten me drunk plenty of time at Gilbert's. Oh, uh, Gilbert's, yeah. Yeah. He he usually, for my homies, he usually puts a little uh, extra tequila at the bottom of your glass. I like how you're one of the Mexican broads that like... Actually says tequila well, no. and salsa. Well, yeah. Like if you were a newscaster, you'd be like, hello, everyone. Welcome to KTLA. My name is Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> like that's what you would do. You feel me? <laughs> yeah. Everybody always says like why do you say tequila and guacamole because like, i can't just force myself to say guacamole yeah i was gonna say being a freshman in spanish class isn't that just kind of cheating since you were just probably raised bilingual uh is it cheating it i don't know so, that probably seems like it would be so easy yeah i guess but like the spanish that you know that's like me actually... that's like me being a freshman yeah. taking rap slang class you feel me like i would have oh, okay. just passed that so <laughs> oh, okay. so easy though because there's such thing as no, a no, rap I'm, slang. I'm, I'm kidding no i think it was kind of easy for me but the the mexican spanish is different than like the high school spanish that they teach you in class it's a mm. little bit different but mm. you're speaking the hood spanish yeah con mi raza <laughs> um i know what that means <laughs> were you like a ham bone as a kid a what a ham bone nobody knows what that is that's like a dad then slang why you keep saying for me. it I, I don't know well i feel no here's the thing is that a ham bone is like a very common idiom but i think it's from the last it's from the previous generation it's like from my parents generation ham bone yeah and it's like somebody an attention seeker and so you know now when i talk to like these 21 year old broads because i'm really out here and i say like <laughs> ham bone they're like what are you talking about you're so Lee, what are you talking like, about you're so old and you're i'm like so old Lee. and i'm like that's right girl because you got daddy issues. That's why you're here. It's like cradle robber. <laughs> nah, they're not cradle robber. But <laughs> I mean, were you an attention seeker? Okay. Oh, when I was younger? Yeah, here's the thing. Hell I, yeah. I want to shout out my homegirl real quick, Jackie Tone. I think maybe you've oh, met yeah, her. Oh, yeah, I know Jackie. Yeah, Jackie. So I've I, met her. I, I went and saw her. Um, she had a one-woman show. Like, she did, like, a 45-minute, like, comedy and music thing. And uh-huh. it was really great. And she used a lot of, like, video stuff, like, from her childhood. And part of it was her um, bat mitzvah, right? And she shows, like, what an attention seeker she was even at her bat mitzvah. And it's hilarious. You know what I mean? Because it's, like, the whole show is called Look at Me or whatever. Oh. And it's really funny because she's, like, trying to perform 
perform at her bat mitzvah. And so I could just, I just know that like you discovered very early on that you have a strong voice. And I would imagine that your quinceanera must have been like, just spice girl the fuck out. Like you're up no, there doing. No, I didn't, I didn't have a quinceanera. Why? Cause it's just, I, it's a waste of money for me. Like, I think that I would have much rather had my parents spend money on like a new car for me rather than a whole quinceanera. It's just like, oh, I'm turning 15. Who cares? I'm not old enough to understand the importance of that. Like, uh. I guess I was an attention seeker at some time, but when I first started realizing that people actually liked hearing me sing, I used to drag my cousin up with me on stage like... I would literally just make Anika hold my hand while I sang a song just because I was embarrassed to go up there by myself. When did you figure out that people like to see hear you sing? What age when was When they that? kept telling me, oh my God, you sound so good. But, yeah, but <laughs> I like your racist accent <laughs> of imitating your family. Where, uh, but what age was that? Um, I probably started singing in like my uh, school groups when I was eight. Yeah. Like all the school plays, I, I got a lot of the roles in and I realized like, oh, I keep getting these lead roles and yeah. then i realize oh and then i like, think i can sing and then ryan seacrest would show up to interview you like <laughs> so muñeca, yeah. so muñeca. <laughs> you weren't singing before that though like you weren't like the girl singing around the house oh no i was yeah yeah the all the disney songs whoo my brothers hated me for that really yeah they used to it's kind of fucked up but they used to say stuff to me like i would sing the pocahontas uh can you paint with all the colors of the wind? And my brothers would tell me, shut up, shut up, shut up. And if I didn't, they would start singing back to me like, can you paint with all the colors of her teeth? Or just like, <laughs> like mean shit. Like they yeah. would change all the Disney songs to say something mean about me. So I just stopped singing them all in front of them. When you're eight and you start getting these roles, right, as like uh, the lead singers and stuff. Were you one of those like snobby girls that knew she could no. sing? No. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people that are like drama drama club shit or like or the girls that can sing, they're like all of a sudden the shit <laughs> their shit don't stink. You know what I mean? No, I was always really, really embarrassed and really shy. Like I used to actually make my parents get out of the room when I would sing in front of people. Mm. Like if people actually got me to sing in front of them, I would just ask my parents, like, I can't sing in front of you. I feel too shy. Like I would I don't know what it was, but I felt embarrassed. So I they'd have to get out of the room and like I would literally just not look at people while I'm singing them. I would stare at one thing in the room wherever I was yeah. forever. And I just, I don't know what it was. I don't know when I came out of my shell and started singing like more confidently. Well, but that's funny because your mom is so supportive. She's at like oh, every yeah. show. Yeah, both my parents. Yeah, they're 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 very supportive of your talent and, and of you like... You know, they're trying to massage your yeah. path into the, the world of success. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I always like kind of low-key wondered, like, was your mom pushing? Like, was she a stage mom? No. Ever? You know what? My mom and my dad always kind of gave me my space and let me figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. They uh, they encouraged me to do what I want. And my mom is a creative person, too. And she, she kind of figured that if I'm going to do it, I have to come to it on my own terms if I'm going to be successful at it. Because... Mm. I mean, there's the few Beyonce's of the world where, like, your parents push you to do yeah! something. <laughs> Sorry. Drunken love stuck in my head all morning. I can't even believe you're still talking about love that. Love that song. <laughs> but, like, Pause. both of my parents are always at all of my shows. They, My dad paid for me to go to USC and, like, be in a music school. And 
he never said anything. He never was the kind of dad that was like, are you sure you want to go to school for music? Like, are you sure you don't want to go for marketing or business or like something else? He didn't say anything about it. I said, Appa, I want to go to music school. He said, cool. As long as you go to college, I'm down with whatever. And like, he's like, as long as you're the next Tito Puente, <laughs> we good. No, <laughs> they, they, it's funny because like, Sometimes I feel bad that they show up to all my shows. It's like, you guys have heard this so many times. Don't you get tired of hearing me sing the same shit? But my mom always is at the shows. My dad sometimes works at Gilbert's. I feel bad about it. I only throw one show like every three months and I still feel bad when I see the same people there because I'm like, yo, you're going to see the same shit you saw last (laughs) time and I feel bad for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess I do feel that about a lot of people, but shit. What I've learned is if people didn't like your show, they wouldn't keep they coming wouldn't back. They wouldn't keep coming back, exactly. That's cool that your folks just let you come into it on your own. Did, were you like, oh, I can sing. I should learn to play something. Uh, No, that's something that they forced me to do. Piano <laughs> like, lessons? Yeah, my, they used to have to really try to get me to piano lessons. And then eventually... What age did they make you start doing that? I'd say like fifth grade. How old are you when you're in fifth grade? Like 10? 11. 10, 11. Yeah. yeah, so probably around 11. Then I played piano off and on for 10... 12 years and then I took a couple classes in high school. And now you still tinker with it but you kind of stink at it. No. Yeah, I do. I kind of suck at it now because I forgot how to play because yeah. Jacob is always Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't Because we've tried it. to force you to play a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'd prefer not to play piano. I like moving and I like hanging out on stage. I don't want to be stuck behind this. You like to swag it out. Yeah, definitely. Why are you so gassy? That's a good question. And by gassy, he doesn't mean farts. I just burped. I've seen you fart too, though. No, you have. Oh, maybe you have. <laughs> uh, no, I burp a lot. I don't know. It's, it's a thing. Why? I don't know. It's just... I've always burped and like I can't figure out why. Someone told me it's because I have a hiatal hernia, but I don't know if that's true. Do you think that the gas helps you sing better? No, it, dude. Sometimes when I have a show, I literally like have to do a burp mid phrase. So I have to like turn around and burp at Sam while he's playing the drum. So people don't think that I'm burping. Yeah. But occasionally, sometimes I don't even know that it's going to come and like. In the middle of a word, you'll just hear a tiny little burp. And I'm like, shit, I hope people didn't hear that yeah, at the that, show. Yeah, that's happened to me a couple of times, too. I'll be on stage. Like, I'll have just taken a drink of water or something. And then in the middle of the verse, I have to burp. So I'll try to, like, <laughs> I'll try to, like, tase on day it and, like, put the mic down, take a breath and burp at the same time. And then come back <laughs> right on time. It's very, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's difficult. I've, I've seen you fart on stage, though. I have? I, you fart all the time. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, putting me on blast. You're the one that said I was gassy. I'm pretty polite when we do the podcast, though. I don't generally fart or bring up farting. But I mean, if you try to go there, you know. (laughs) Oh, I was about to get really gross. What what happened? When did I I fart on stage? No, I was going to say, I know your technique, so you don't let people hear your farts. What is that? I don't know (laughs) my technique. No, I was going to make some shit up. (laughs) I was going to say, I know you hold your butt cheeks far apart (laughs) so that there's no (laughs) sound when you fart. Dude, we're going to get a lot of tweets about that. We are going to get a lot of tweets about I'm that. I'm such That's, a lady. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I can see the tomboy thing now. So I like, know. T- I don't. I can't Tell me about being it. a tomboy. And then tell me like now I feel like you're kind of like your whole thing is like big f- fluffy foo-fooed skirts and, and I love the makeup whole- and red lips <laughs> and, and, you know, hair tied back. So when did you stop? What, what was the tomboy extreme and when did you break out of that? I think I'm still a tomboy. Like, I think that I don't dress so much like a tomboy anymore. And you got a mouth like a sailor. Yeah, I cuss a lot. And 
I burp a lot. And like, I think my mentality is a little bit more like my brother's. But I mean, I still love all the girly fashion. I love wearing short skirts, the poofy skirts. I like putting makeup on. I, part of me sometimes thinks the makeup comes from like my chola days where I, I swear to God, I would go to like Six Flags with some of my friends and we would go to the bathroom and just put brown lip liner on because we thought we were fucking cholas. When I would visit California in the summer times, like 13, 14, 15, I'd be like, yo, we were in Ojai. I'd be like, let's go to Six Flags. I really want to like get on roller coasters. And people were like, yo, dude, you can't go to Six Flags. It's really dangerous because of Mexican gangs. Like that was what was happening. <laughs> I guess I never knew that. Yeah. Well, maybe I was just well, part I was a of couple it. years older than you too, but I'm wondering oh, yeah. like, oh, was, was Six Flags dangerous or what? Not, I, I think Six Flags and it was Magic dangerous Mountain were of like, you. yeah, people like me, yeah. me and my... Me and my, your, I'm just kidding. You and your know. vida loca. <laughs> my friend. vida loca. Yeah. So you would go there and, and it was like, uh, it's all these teenage you guys would couples go, you, you trying got, to hide You guys their would boyfriends. go in like Christian schoolgirl outfit or Catholic schoolgirl outfits and then just no. rip them and turn, and turn into like cholas by the time oh you get Oh my God. No. Do you remember those old, uh, I guess you're a little bit older than me, but they used to have these soda shoes that had like these platforms, like four inches thick while I was that age. And those are the things I wore. Or I used to, I had a skater phase where I was like wearing etnies and mm. like puffed up shoes. I used to wear etnies as well. Yeah. I don't, I went through a lot of phases. That's interesting. Did you actually skate when you went through a skater phase? No. The, no. You're like, nah, no. I, just, I just liked the movie <laughs> yeah. Clueless. I, I fell on my ass really hard skating the first time mm. and I just never did it again. Mm. How did you like school? Were you good at school? Which school? Like All just, of my school? Just school in general? Did, did you take to learning? Um... Or were you like, fuck this shit, I'm going to be a singer? I think I kind of always knew that I was going to pursue music. So, like, school is sort of secondary to me. But, I mean, I tried hard. I did, like, a lot of studying and I I got good grades. But it was it was never something that I really enjoyed doing. What was your GPA and your SAT scores? No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. They were pretty good, I got to say. <laughs> um, what age did you, like, join choir at school? I was in choir, like, it was off and on. I, and then I went to a private school up until fourth grade, and I was in the choirs. Then Catholic they, school or what? Yeah, because they force you to be in, like, the school program. Are, are your parents heavily Catholic still? No. No? They're more, like, they're not religious, but they're spiritual people. They yeah, yeah. have a connection with God, and they go to church. In L.A., but, like, that means they do yoga. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could never picture my dad doing yoga. Yeah. But, yeah, I uh, was in school. School choirs for, I think, sixth and seventh grade. Sixth through eighth grade, I was in it. Then in high school, I never did it until, like, my junior year when I got to Hamilton for the Music Academy. What, uh, when did you stop going to private school? Uh, fourth grade was my last year, so I went to public school starting fifth grade. Word. And so if sixth through eighth grade was in the choir, right? Sixth through eighth and then eleventh and, and twelfth. So did, you were probably getting all the leads, right? Um, was that happening by then already? Sixth through eighth, yes, sort of. And were other girls in the choir like quietly despising you? Like, man, fuck work, kill her. No, I her think, C notes aren't that tight. <laughs> no, I think my teacher was pretty fair. She there was a lot of talented people in my school, so I mean, everybody got solos all the time. And if there weren't enough solos, my teacher would usually try to make more. Yeah. So I I never I wasn't like the the star of the group or anything. Eleventh uh, and twelfth, same thing. It was like a music academy, so there's all obviously talented people all over, and 
I I got some solos. Occasionally I didn't, but like when you're in a group like that, you kind of don't care when you get solos. You're just happy to be in a group like that right. with a bunch of cool people. And when you're in the sixth grade choir, does the teacher pick up though on like the natural ability and yeah, and, and kind of like pull you aside, like, hey, you might want to like take some private lessons and yeah. do this and that and the other. My sixth grade teacher, I think her name was Miss Blanchard. Because I was never talented at anything, so I have no idea like how that feels. You know, what I'm saying? no, yeah, my teachers would always pull me aside and just be like, "Hey, I think that you really got a, a talent, and you know, I would love to encourage you to keep working on it." They're and like, building I'd like to it. encourage you to put on some heels instead of those etnies. <laughs> <laughs> look and like go a, stretch your stuff and like make a, yourself look like some a money. Girl. Yeah, look like a girl. And uh, no, so what did they tell you? They told you to go do what? They just always told me that pursuing a musical career was probably in my best interest or they just encouraged even at me. age 12 yeah my teachers were all like I guess I was I don't know if all teachers are like that but I've come across some teachers that were always really supportive my private school teacher Miss Gomez she's Shout the one that, Gomez. yeah I have no idea what happened to her but she was always the one giving me the solos and she would always tell my mom like you've really got a talented singer in your family and you know just if that's something she wants to do, I, I believe she could probably pursue a career in music or whatever. She pulled your parents aside like, hey, have you guys ever heard of Beyonce? <laughs> Wait, was Beyonce? No, Beyonce wasn't a thing. Oh, yeah, I guess. Destiny's Child. Probably not yet. Yeah, she's getting up there. I hope not because if if I was in college while you were 12, because that's when Destiny's <laughs> Child was cracking, that would make me feel really sad. Well, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Did your parents start pursuing like private singing lessons for you? Did you have coaches ever? I never took voice lessons until I was in college. That's so crazy. Cause like, when does that, the voice that you have now, when do you start honing it? Like, are you singing all the time by the time you're that age by yourself in your room or something? Yeah, I guess I was really adamant about not taking voice lessons because I thought that stupid old me i thought like oh i don't need anyone to tell me how to sing like i sing the way that i want and it's comfortable but then i got to college and i started taking lessons. but don't you think that's where soul comes from what like not taking lessons or just 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 from like absorbing yeah i think that i i kind of like i I, you can't sit here and tell me that sam cook ever took singing lessons you know what i'm saying i don't know maybe he did i mean maybe he did but like it just it doesn't sound like that when he sings you know i think that a lot of the the soul aspect comes from just kind of doing something for so long and figuring out what works for you, what doesn't. And like, for me, I listen to a lot of other singers and I like what they do. And I try to either copy it or I do my own version of it. And then I started realizing like, well, the the only reason a lot of singers take lessons is to learn how to take care of their voice when they're not singing or and warm it up yeah and like how to prepare to actually sing it's not about how you actually sing when you're singing it's about how you prepare and how you take care of it afterwards and just like on a daily basis how you take care of it how to warm up how to breathe better which is also really important and like especially when you're smoking a lot of weed but sorry, mom. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, uh, yeah, the breathing. Oh yeah. You're just kidding. You're not high right now. <laughs> I'm not. No, I know you're not. I'm sick. I think you were more stony when I met you. I was Everyone actually- used to say that and I never smoked weed and everyone's like, 
you're stoned. I'm like, you came no, I'm off, just lazy. You came off very stony. Um, but <laughs> going back to lessons, what I was going to say, I love working with you, obviously. And I think the reason is, is because like you're probably my most naturally talented friend and you have this tool that was just given to you <laughs> yeah. out by genetics and the grace of whatever higher thing that yeah. is out there. I don't say God because I'm an agnostic, but <laughs> like it's just this thing that you have. And, and most of my friends that are talented or have honed talents, it's come from like just so much hard work and I mean not even hard work because I'm sure I know that you've worked hard as well but I mean like yeah it's like a lot of trial and error yeah. and you know I can make myself sound like I can sing but it's with a dozen layers on a track and a little <laughs> bit of melodyne you feel me and so what's melodyne you don't ever use I'm melodyne? just kidding oh. and so uh, <laughs> you know and I, and I, I just think that um I don't know. There was no question there. That was more just a session of me complimenting your God given well, abilities. You. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I forget that. Cause I, I used to honestly think that everybody could sing. Like right. everyone can sing. It's just, you're singing. Like it's yeah. almost like talking, but you're putting a melody to it. And then, right. and then I started realizing like, Oh no, wait, not everybody can sing. Like not everybody can do this. And then I realized like, actually most people can't sing. And, then it started to make me realize how thankful I am to be able to do something like this. Cause I mean, I'm not the kind of person to sit in an office and do a nine to five kind of thing. I can't stand that thing. I like doing different things every single day. And in a music career, you know that it's like, you can do something different. Every yeah. Cause I day. used to work with you in an office. You're terrible at office. I work. know. I didn't, I suck at it. Oh, like horrible. I hated it. Fuck. <laughs> it's not my kind of thing. And I, I do forget that, I have been blessed with something that most people don't have. And I hate to say it, but I've taken it for granted for so long. And Has your hustle mode kicked in yet? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I seriously feel like I wake up and go to sleep. And within that time of the day, I like, I always feel like I have to do something that's going to help my career in some way or another. Like yeah. I'm always doing something that's going to push my self towards my goals and even if it's like I don't have anything to do today I'm gonna just sit here and listen to this beat that Sam made and I'm gonna see if I can write something to it or if I'm not writing something then I'll just like email a bunch of people or I'll post some stuff like hey or I'll try to work on a new video or like yeah. it's, it's a, always something it's so funny because my like hustle mode never really kicked in until i turned 30 i don't think like i, <laughs> I always got by with like a wink and a smile and yeah. a little bit of charm and i just did enough to edge by and then um got a kick in the ass when i turned 30 and, and i feel like i've started to hustle but at this point I, I even sometimes now i feel myself slacking and i'm like and i'm like oh no it's cool man i did something today because i made a good tweet <laughs> yeah, i'm like that's part of my online yeah. brand that's part of my personal brand and it's like nah like you you really yeah you have to work for shit yeah i know what you mean i i think i used to be like that too because i the, think i might well, still and, be like and maybe that that's part of what i was trying to tie in is like yo you are so naturally talented like how do you work to not just get by with a wink and a smile you know what i mean because it what other people have to try so hard for comes so naturally to you yeah i i mean i've also got a lot of people on my team like mm. my band helps me out with a ton of stuff we do writing sessions together i mean my family is always helping me i've got a, a really really big support team here especially in Los Angeles with my family being so huge but everybody is rooting for me and I I feel that and I feel like that's made me work harder because like I don't want to I don't want to basically just tell everybody like oh yeah you guys were working so hard for me and now I'm just eh 
But I, did, but I just ate this brownie, and <laughs> I'm going to be here catatonic for the next four hours. Sorry. <laughs> no, I I do feel like I've been, especially now that I'm out of college, yeah. and like I actually have to pay rent. Yeah. Sometimes I worry, like, how am I going to pay rent this month? But it always happens. Like, I've right. never had to struggle that much. And it's because I'm always trying to consistently do something to help myself, I guess. Right. Yeah, and if I get hungry, then I just go to Gilbert's. No. When you got past singing Disney songs, and then you got past Hanson and the Spice Girls, who who do you think is the first singer that um, really struck a chord with you that you could still call an influence to this day? Oh, there's a ton. I mean, I, I think I've been influenced by a, a bunch of artists. Some of them are obvious, but I think my top Three, I would have to say Etta James. I knew you were going to say Etta I James. I know. Yeah. Etta James has been like one of my all-time favorite singers because she's kind of like me. She's she's I, not I, the... I like how I said, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but I was like, oh, wait, duh. It's because I already knew the answer. Yeah, anyways, of okay, course. Pr- Etta, proceed. She was a badass. She, she was well-respected and she's got the voice of like... And when did you discover Etta James for yourself, though? My mom always used to listen to Etta James, so I've been listening to her Just all grew the up time. With it. Yeah, it's something that I grew up with. Uh, obviously, Amy Winehouse, rest in peace. Same thing. She was a badass. She wrote dope songs and kind of had that men mentality. Speaking of which, on American Idol, Salt Lake City, I'm just saying somebody sang Valerie, and your version—that's <laughs> my shit. Your version is much better. <laughs> your version is much better. Thank you. Do you, you know what? It's funny because like everybody thinks of that song as Amy Winehouse's song. It's but a cover I swear, of another rock and roll song. Yeah, it's like I play a cover of a cover, yeah. and everybody, every time I sing, always requests Valerie. Like yeah. always, I try to do shows and not do that song because I just do it a lot. I can never not do a show without people trying to do an encore. Valerie, Valerie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I you know, and that's cool that that video exists because of me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Lee. Because I was like, wait, Amy Winehouse died today. I'm like, we need to get Raquel in here to do a cover immediately <laughs> because it will go apeshit. Oh and that my sounds God, so- somewhat, somewhat sociopathic, but I, I was like, oh, this video will go ham. Because <laughs> I'd heard you do that song before, too. It's yeah, that was, that was a... I'm glad I did that video. It's a good one. Yeah, I and like I love Amy Winehouse so much that, you know... Yeah, yeah. Good to have a little part of her with me at all times. For sure. <laughs> Who's the third one? The third always goes... It kind of varies depending on in my mood. Yeah. But let's see. Right now, since I named two females, I guess my number one male vocalist... Intuition? I'm so flattered. <laughs> wow. No, I'm kidding. You know what? Actually, someone that you introduced me to, Alan Stone. Oh, yeah. Alan. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I really like Alan Stone's yeah, music, yeah. and I feel like... He's kind of along the same lines as me. He's a soul artist. Yeah, yeah. We have a similar music. And, yeah. You know. No, for sure. He's uh, got a really great voice. And I yeah. think at the time when we kind of uh, linked up with him, the production side of things was kind of actually on the same plane of where you guys yeah. are at, too. It's all I mean? live instrumentation. Yeah. It's like a real band. And right. his band was Raphael Sadiq's band. Oh, really? I knew yeah. that, actually. Yeah, you that. you knew that. I mean, I had, yeah. I mean, I worked <laughs> with them and it was cool. So, yeah. like, and I just, 
You know, you know. Do me. you remember when Macklemore went in there? Yeah, of course I remember when Macklemore went in. Like I remember all that stuff. That was a good month. That was December of yeah. 2011. And yeah. yeah, you were working with us there at yeah. not, uh, you know the company that <laughs> shall not be named. I, honestly, I almost kind of feel guilty about that, about bringing you into that, and I don't know why. I don't why know. a lot of my fans are no, a lot of your fans are for sure. And they're loyal, and, and I think that it did help um, get a little boost. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But I think maybe also it spoiled you a little. Yeah, it definitely did. Because the views that we were getting at that point were like kind of almost automatic. Yeah. I think since that dude was trying to manage and, and was tr- not trying to like give information, yeah. I think that he um, gave you fish instead of teaching you how to fish. Yeah, I think you know that I didn't really learn a lot about the how, way everything you, works. Yeah, the ins and outs of the actual YouTube Yeah, game. now I'm kind of just figuring it out all on my own. Yeah, but, I which mean, is very hard. Yeah, it is really hard. We were just talking about how to do all that shit. But, yeah. you know, you live and you learn. Absolutely. And, and it can only get better from we, here. We both lived and learned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I got to work with you, one of my oldest friends. Am I your old? If I'm one, oh, like not you mean oldest, literally, like, you mean literally oldest. No, no, not like yeah. age wise. Like <laughs> no, I, I feel like I've probably known you a lot longer than I've known a lot of people. But that's the thing is that we haven't known each other that long. Let's talk about. I our, don't even know you that well. Sure, you What's do. What's your favorite color? A plaid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> no, probably gray. You know, boring. I know. You know, the world is all just black and white to me. I'm very emo. I think you are colorblind. Look at me. I'm wearing black and white. That's all. All my tattoos are in black and gray. Like, I don't like color that much. Black and white vans. You feel me? Like, that's just how I roll. No, they're kind of black and brown now. That's cold blooded. These are new, but vans wear out very fast. (gasps) Yeah, let's talk about how we met because I had just moved to L.A., Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe I know more about how we met than you know about how we met. Because I remember it very yeah. clearly. I was like, oh, this is a person that I'm going to like. This person is going to be in my life. Is The first yeah. time that I heard your voice, that's how I felt, literally. Was it at that loft party? It was at a loft party, yeah. Uh, I remember and, that. And I think Alpha performed as well. Yeah. And you were singing Valerie. Uh, was I? Yeah, you sang that. You covered Valerie that night for wow. sure. I've and been I was doing like, that song for a long time. And the funny thing is, um, Verbs had put me on to you before that. Yeah, Quite, shout out to Verbs. I, I want to give a big, huge shout out to Verbs because I don't. I always hate when people say that they found out about something and they don't shout out who they found it out from. Because a lot of people shout out things that I told them about, and yeah. I always go, "You motherfucker, I told you about that," <laughs> and it makes me mad. So I want to say shout out to Verbs because Verbs is one of those people who like he has put me on to so much yeah. shit, so many good artists, and so he's many people that are he friends. Knows so much shit. Yeah, he's put me on to everybody because he's really out there finding yeah. shit. And so he told me like, "Oh man, you got to hear this girl Raquel Rodriguez. She's so tight." And like. I think he had had you play the spliff at some point or something. And so he's like, yeah, you got to hear her. And so I saw that you were on that flyer and I I didn't know what to expect. When I heard the name Raquel Rodriguez, I honestly wasn't expecting. I was You know, I'm excited to you with maracas and shit. And so, nah, but you know, you come out and it's like, uh, you know, you had a band and yeah. nobody in LA had a band at that time. Yeah. I felt or no, nobody in our circle. Yeah. And you guys were. Yeah, I started that shit. You were wailing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, this girl's so tight. And um, it was you and. I was by myself. Oh, I don't. I guess I don't. I guess I remember that party, but I think I was so stressed out about like all the gear that we were carrying that I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, what's it, going it was on? and it was downtown when downtown yeah. wasn't as cracking as it yeah. is right now. So downtown was still a little shady. But yeah, I went over to you and I'm like, look, you probably hear this all the time, but my name's Lee. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, hey, little mama, 
come on, let me whisper in here. No. I was, <laughs> I was like, I was like, look, I, I rap and I know that everybody probably says that to you, but like, I really want to work with you. And you kind of like roll, like you didn't really roll your eyes, but you'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I think I was probably like, oh, I've never talked to anyone like you before. Cause you know what? Like the only rappers that I had ever worked with, like I didn't know any Homie other from rappers. LA Symphony, right? No, oh. I I didn't know them until later on in my life because oh. my cousin married one of them. But oh. like, no shit. Yeah, oh. but I only worked with Dom Kennedy for the longest time, oh, and like that's that right. was before he was Dom Kennedy, yeah. and like I didn't know any other rappers. So like when people came up to me and said, "Oh, I'm a rapper," I'm like, "What does that mean? Mm. Like, are you a rapper, rapper, or like a rapper? What do you mean?" <laughs> Because some people just, you know, there's the kind of people that sit in their garage and like just rap to themselves and then call themselves a rapper. And that's cool. But like, I wasn't sure if you were like. technically how I am. No, no. You (laughs) had your shit together still. I don't have a garage though. You you were recording yourself and you had songs and you had people following you. And I was like, oh, actually you, you are a rapper. Yeah, yeah. And I just was like. Who's this guy coming up trying to talk to me right now? <laughs> you, well, you were like, who, you're like, this guy is so handsome, is what it yeah, was. You're like, this guy was. is so handsome. Why isn't he trying to hit on me? Why is he talking about business? And that, <laughs> that was, but that was the whole thing that I got from you is like, I felt like, I don't know if it's just something within me, but I always feel like even when I try to keep things on the up and up about like, yo, I want to like make music with you or do business with you. I feel like everyone thinks that I'm hitting on them. You're very flirty. Every girl thinks that I'm hitting on them always. And I'm like, nah, hey, I'm not trying to fuck. I really want you to sing on a song. (laughs) You know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. I think because you have like a joking nature and so do I. It's like, we always joke around about that shit, but like. Well, yeah, you like are very, you're very flirty, would, though. Like, yeah, I feel I, like no, most girls would probably think that you're trying to get at them. Uh, most girls, I am. <laughs> but you, I was like, I want you to sing. <laughs> I like your voice. Thanks, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I like your voice, not your face. <laughs> no, I'm down. I'm down with your face. It's cool. Uh, the, it's like- the, the porcelain doll skin, as you said <laughs> earlier. Then I was like, yeah, at that time I was like working. Oh, this actually. Okay, here's another verb story. As I was in the process of writing um, Girls Like Me, which is the first thing that we worked on, um, was the Hold Your Breath song. Mm-hmm. Verbs and I were driving to a show and I had a girl. I had a girlfriend at the time. She was in the backseat and we were driving to a show in Riverside and I had just gotten that beat where they sam- where Mark sampled uh-huh. the lettuce track and I didn't know that that was like a famous like jazz fucking you know jam They're type like a band soul, yeah. yeah soul jam band thing I, jam band. I was just like oh this is a catchy loop and I like it and Mark was like oh yeah we shouldn't even use this beat because it's like it's just a loop and um and I was like yeah verbs I'm writing to this and I got this verse and I was like we should like let's let's jam on a on a melody you know and um and I was like had one melody and then verbs goes and verbs came up with that melody and then I started writing the words to it and I said yo this is what I got to get Raquel on and then I hit you up and it happened and you brought over do you remember wait where do we where do we do that in my closet. Wait, you were living at... On Jackson Ave. Yeah, I remember that. I brought over uh, Cool Roy. Yeah, Dominic. Yeah. You, brought over, you brought over Cool Roy, who at the time I think was still going by Light. Yeah. Yeah, but... And I, we had a couple songs together, too. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like, I was like, oh, she still like gets a rapey vibe from me. That's why she brought no. a friend. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, she thinks that I'm still trying to fuck, and I'm over no. here trying to record music. Because <laughs> he said that you guys kind of knew each other, and I, I think we were probably talking that yeah, day. Yeah, we, ha- we had like, met a couple times before. Yeah, I, he's like probably talking that morning he's like oh so what are you doing today i'm like oh I'm, i think i'm gonna go and record like for uh intuition he's like oh for real where and i was like i think just at his apartment he's like oh 
yeah, I'm going to roll through. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. Okay. No, yeah, and I'm sure. glad he did because Dom and I are great friends now. And yeah. that was like kind of the first time that we really like vibed in a, in a personal setting. Uh, he's still around. We should I all know. get together and make a song. We're Let's supposed to, to have, We're supposed to have a writing session soon, he and I. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I have this thing written and I already have a demo of it and I can't sing for shit. So ignore how I sing it and you go ahead and sing it way better. You know what I appreciated about that yeah. session, which I do a lot of session work sometimes, yeah, yeah. but what you let me do is like, yeah, just you hear it. Just do what you want. And I'm yeah. like, really? Well, cause the thing that I know is that when you have someone with a good voice who isn't, who can do it naturally, if you just let them vibe, they'll do their thing. And then also I know that I have a producer that can fucking turn anything into yeah. awesome. So I was like, yo, well you just, I, I told you, I was like, will you just like scat for 12 bars yeah. and like, I, and I said, I don't know what we'll do with it, but I know Mark will find something for it. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. He found something for it. And now that's like one of my favorite songs that I've ever done to this day. Remember we did at the echo recently. Yeah. That and was you, awesome. Yeah. And you were like, I'm too high. I don't want to sing. And oh I was, my God. <laughs> you still think I'm a stoner. You literally said I, that to me. I'm, I'm not so stony anymore. Cause I was like, Oh, I think I already like kind of promised the fans on Twitter that you're going to do it. <laughs> Even though I hadn't, I was just trying to make sure you got on stage. Yeah. yeah you were trying to fun. trick me into it. Yeah. Yeah. And so ever since then, I think, uh, it was easy working together. Oh, uh, what I was going to say is I showed you the demo. I was like, here's me singing it. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's pretty bad. And I'm like, <laughs> she took it to the car for five minutes, memorized the words, came back in and made it into what people have heard now, which is yeah. like 20 zillion times better. Um, that was a fun time. That was. And it was a simpler time. The Al Bundy house. It was. It was the Al Bundy house yeah. where we did that video. And uh, also I was recording on an Acer laptop <laughs> Yeah. into Cool Edit. God, that was so stupid. On on an Octava mic, and that is the closet in which I recorded every song for yeah. Girls Like Me. And my soundproofing was my winter jackets. Yeah, he literally just had me standing in like a room full of clothes, and I was like in between a couple jackets, and then he just closed the door, and there's like a towel hitting me in the back of the head. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> and I had a single bed. Like the, the single bed that I yeah. mentioned on the album, I really had a single bed. Lee always... Since I've known him, he's always had a single bed. No, I have a double. I have a double. You say now. you don't like when girls spend the night. No, that's that's not true. I, I used to say <laughs> I'm that. Putting you out there. Right I now. used to say that. You know, and that f was partially true to an extent because I was on my. I was really out there at that point. I had just gotten out of like a four year relationship, and I was like really out trying to do my thing. But now I do have a double bed. Yeah. And you know, I do enjoy ladies sleeping over. I'm a cuddler. You are so, a cuddler. I'm a cuddler. Yeah. I can't see that. Dude, come on! I'm a cuddler. Cuddler. <laughs> You're such a cuddler. Are you a cuddler? Oh, yeah. Yeah, see? I'm saying tricks dig cuddler. I feel like everybody's kind of a cuddler, though. I've met a lot that aren't. I've actually, um, I've been with a couple girls who have kicked me out for snoring. I've heard you, I, I think maybe at Knocksteady, like, you snored a couple times and I I knew you were... A snore. I'm a snorer. I don't, I fuck Like a bear. But you like seem like a... Like an actual bear. You seem like a snorer, too. I don't think I snore. <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe occasionally if I'm tired or like really tired or sick, I yeah. probably do snore and it's yeah. probably with my mouth open. Like <laughs> I love how, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of our, the kind of neat podcasts that I do, but they're usually like very serious and like uh, about history and the path to success. And ours has been about burping, farting, snoring. 
me being a man whore and fucking <laughs> me being a tomboy and my, and my yeah and my shitty closet that i recorded in well that's because we're friends like we're actually friends yeah as much, you know my deal i know your deal we yeah. don't have to talk about it i know but nobody else does and i feel bad that they're not getting to learn your deal but fuck well, it. what okay what are the what are some of the questions you ask everybody else so yeah you, you're in high school you, you decide to go to hamilton yeah i went to samo for my first two years and then i uh my best friend angela who's been the friend that i've known the longest she uh i thought you said i was your oldest friend no i said one of them okay she's the actual oldest friend i've known her since i was like shout out to angela does she sing no she's uh she's actually working at neiman marcus right now and she's her her son is like one of my favorite people his name is also jacob and he always comes over and asks he asks sam can i play the trumpets <laughs> it's so cute but angela yeah she was transferring out of santa monica high school and she was kind of like my only friend i knew a ton of people there but like she was my best friend and we hung out every single day yeah. and so i was like you know what if she can transfer, why can't I? Like, I like this school, but I feel like there's probably something better out there for me. And just kind of on a limb, I told my mom, like, what are the music schools around Los Angeles? And she's like, let's check out Hamilton. So I was like Googling it all summer. And I... Uh, Damn, Google was around when you were in high school? Wasn't <laughs> it? No, I'm kidding. It was. It wasn't when I was in high yeah, school. Yeah, I like, I was Googling Hamilton and I, I visited the campus one summer day and I told my mom, like, if possible, I would like to transfer. And she's like, are you sure? Like, it's in the middle of your high school career. Like, that's a really big step. You're not going to know anybody. And I literally didn't know anybody. Like, the first day at Hamilton, after I had gotten in, like, they first weren't going to let us, let me go there because I didn't live in the, like, the, in the, the right hood. Yeah. And isn't, Santa, I mean, isn't uh, Hamilton a place that kids get bused from all over the city, though? Yeah, for for the music academy, but I didn't get accepted into the music academy what? right away because what? I because I had missed the auditions. But then, like, I went and I went into the music academy office and I said, "Listen, I swear to God, I'm a good singer. Like, I really want to sing for the rest of my life." And I missed the auditions. I just started coming to school. This is my first year here, and I really want to be in the music academy. And the the lady at the office desk, she's like, "Well." what grade are you going into? And I said, 11th. She said, listen, I'm going to put you in the academy because I believe you. She didn't make you sing for it? She didn't make me sing or anything. She's like, but if something happens, like I'm not taking the fall for it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, for real, you're going to let me into the music academy just like that? She's like, yeah, here's some papers. We'll get your classes all figured out. Uh, come on over to these counselors and we'll get it all figured out. I'm like, Wow, that was easy. And I started taking all the music classes and I loved it. I met a ton of people and I feel like I started to accept myself as more of a musician there than I had ever done because like everybody else around me was similar to me and they were like, yeah, I'm a piano player. Yeah, I'm a singer. Yeah, I do this. Yeah, I'm a trumpet player. And it's like, oh, dude, I'm a singer. That's what I associate myself as now. Like I'm a singer. That's what I do. So I think Hamilton kind of got me in my own skin like that started it so samo it was a great school i had a lot of fun i played softball i was on a lot of sports teams my uh i sang like the national anthem at all our games <laughs> but like in your softball outfit? yeah <laughs> <laughs> shout out to miss skaggs <laughs> shout out miss skaggs yeah she always is like so supportive like do you want to sing the national anthem this time 
And so what did you after high school? Didn't you didn't you like fuck around for a couple of years and not go to college or something? No, I went to I went to SMC for three years because I just was like, yeah, I mean, I don't really want to leave the country or like the my state. I wanted to stay in California and I wanted to stay in Los Angeles because I felt like, I mean, if I really am going to seriously pursue a music career, I'm already in the city that I need to be in. Why? Why would I? not waste time but i didn't want to stray from that and like move to new york or anything and so i told my dad like hey i don't really know where i want to go to school yet all the schools here i'm not sure if i'd be able to get into them right out of high school so i went to smc for two years and i said like shit you're supposed to leave smc after two years and i still don't know what i want to do and i took a bunch of music classes and then someone said, why don't you apply to Thornton? And I was like, what's Thornton? And they're like, the, the music school at USC. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I would never get into USC. Like, I'm not that smart. I, I, like, I can't get into that school. And they're like, I bet if you worked hard enough and like got your shit together this last year at SMC, you could probably audition and do it. So I was like, damn, I'll go for it. I'll try it. If I don't do it, like I'll, I'll apply to Northridge or like, Long Beach, and I'll go to school for music. And when I mean, I'll go to DeVry or something. Yeah, shit. I mean, I was down to go to. I like, I almost went to Northridge, and I just didn't know what I was gonna do there. I had no idea what my major would have been, but I started taking a lot of the important music classes at SMC, and then I. And so, when you got into the Thornton School, were you like the the elder statesman? Was everybody else like fresh out of yeah. high school? Yeah, there was a few transfer students. I, I remember when you got into Thornton, that was right around the time I met you and you like felt yeah. like the old broad or something. Yeah, it sucked because I like when you go to a school like that and you start in the music program, it's like you kind of had no choice but to start from the beginning. So like I Started had to go for bottom. three years. Yeah. And when you start from the beginning, it's with all the freshman kids who just got accepted straight out of high school, like that knew what they wanted to do earlier on. And so like some of my friends were still 17 when we were like in the beginning of class. And I was thinking like, and you're like shit, old enough to dude, drink and I'm, shit. Yeah, I'm like already 21, 22. Like what? This kind of sucks. Like none of my classmates are around my age. There were a few transfer students who I made really good friends with, like Andrew Boyle, who was one of my best friends. Brian Porter. There's a ton of people that I met that were all transfer students. Anybody I, that you went to school with uh, in your band now? Oh, everybody. Everybody. Yeah. You met them all in school? Yeah. Well, Sam and I went to USC at different times, but we met at a party. And it's so funny because this this party was at the music building that they were tearing down because they built new facilities for practice rooms. So there's this building that we had all our classes in and this band asked me if they could use my PA system for the night to have a party in this building that they were going to tear down the next day. Mm -hmm. So someone sent out like a Facebook invite like, hey, everybody, all the music nerds come hang out at this building before they turn it to shit tomorrow so we all broke in the building and like they start playing like they bring in a full band and they start playing at this in like the hallways in the middle of the classrooms and 
they asked me, hey, do you want to like sing a song with us? Like it's your PA. Come sing something with us. And I was like, sure. Why not? We're You're all like, drunk. Let's and do we're Valerie. Smash. Like people were literally putting chairs in the wall. Like there were <laughs> chairs coming out of the wall, ripping down the exit signs, breaking all the glass yeah. everywhere. Like all it was you, a mess. All of you have asbestos cancer now. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But Sam, they like the same song that they asked me to sing on. They asked Sam if he wanted to sit in on drums and like we did the song and then after the song was over i turned around and i was like hey my name is raquel uh i think we're already facebook friends i don't know how but like nice to meet you officially and then he called me up a couple he, weeks later he rolled his eyes like oh this girl's trying to fuck me and you're like no i swear i just want to make music <laughs> no <laughs> he was in love with me the day he met me no i'm just kidding i love you sam uh <laughs> shout out to sam <laughs> no he uh he hit me up a couple weeks later and he's like, Hey, I'm doing the show at the house of blues. Do you want to open for us? And I was like, yeah, oh yeah, the DJ show. Yeah. And I, I opened for them and then eventually he became part of my band. Jacob, I met at USC. He was kind of, he's younger than me, obviously. I was there that night that you guys fell in love. You were me and telling, Jacob? no, no, you and uh, Sam. I was at, like, at I never blues. fell in love you're with like, Jacob. You're like, yo, I'm playing this uh, show upstairs at the house of blues and, yeah. and uh, you should come do a song with yeah. me. And we did, we did that song. I feel like maybe we did two songs. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember what the other one was. But anyway, we did like two songs, I think. And um, I had tweeted it out and like some fans showed up <laughs> that still tweet me to this day. And they go, I found out about Raquel because of that House of Blues show that you <laughs> tweeted about. And, and that was when I met your mom. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. that drummer is so hot. And I'm like, he's wearing sunglasses inside, though. <laughs> Shout out to Sam. <laughs> he always used to wear sunglasses. And I was like, what? what's the sunglasses thing? But he... His sunglasses are much cooler now. <laughs> yeah, so anyways. <laughs> but I met Jacob at school. Jamie, actually, it was a funny story with Jamie, the guitarist. Jamie is the guitarist that you guys have seen in plenty of her videos. Yeah. And she's in the. he's also in the video uh, that you will see that we just recorded for yeah. Kind of Neat. Yeah. He's probably been in the band the longest, one of the longest band members. But he, uh, I was at Guitar Center the summer, I think before I started USC, because I was so excited about starting music school. I was like, oh, what could I buy from Guitar Center? Like, eh, I'm going to go buy something. I searched around, couldn't find anything. And the day that I went, there was like this uh, blues guitar competition going on. And I was like, oh, I'm going to check this out for a second. I just want to see what it's about. Like, well, who are these people? And I saw these young kids playing. And then I went in and I started watching this guy play and he was a tall, lanky guy, super bluesy. And I was like, damn, that guy is probably going to win. Like, he's so good. I didn't have time to stick around, so I left. And I started school probably a couple weeks later. And I saw him in the halls. And I was like, no, that's not the same guy. That can't be the same guy. Saw him a couple more times. And finally, I went up to him while he was like at his locker or something. And I was like, hey, were you in a blues competition at uh, Guitar Center a while ago? He's like, yeah. Like, oh, my God, dude, I saw you. You were awesome. Like, I was there, and I I thought you looked familiar, so I just wanted to come up. My name's Raquel. And he's like, oh, I'm Jamie. And then he started playing in my band. Uh, Nick Campbell, the bass player, he was in a bunch of my classes, and he's a pop major, and I was a jazz major, but he was, like, schooling all the jazz majors on everything because he just knows everything about music, and he's really talented. So he... He's probably in like 30 bands, if not more, 30 to 45 bands. And I asked him like, hey, would you want to do a show with me? And since then, like, I just always ask him because he's by far, not by far, because there's so many talented bass players at 
USC or anywhere in Los Angeles. But I think that Nick probably is the most familiar with my music and like the groove of everything that it's just him and Sam connect on a level that a lot of drummers and bassists don't connect on. And I think that that's special. So Nick has always been in the band. Um, who else? Tim McKay, saxophone player. Him and Jamie went to college together in Oberlin, wherever, Ohio. Mm. <laughs> and like, it's funny because Tim was also Sam's roommate. So it was like, so it was, everything's very interconnected. Yeah. It was all, it was all set up. And I realize now, like everybody knew each other for the reason, maybe not, but for the reason to just come together in a band like ours and make this really awesome music. Mm. And every time we do a show together, people always tell us like you guys specifically this band, like you guys have something special Mm -hmm. and I always get that and I always realize it's because of the the band that I have. What are you guys working on now? We are working on a ton of stuff. We've got a show coming up March 8th where it's just basically a night with me and my band and it's going to be where? at Wits End Uh-oh. in Venice. We haven't played there in a really long time and they Yeah, the owner just a, passed away, right? Yeah, Jeb Milne. He, Rest uh, in peace. Yeah, it was, it was all of a sudden that he passed and it was kind of hard for a lot of people and I went to his memorial service at wit's end and like they made a video which made me cry because it was like his top 10 moments at wit's end that yeah. he had written down. And he said, these are my favorite times at wit's end. And my show was in one of like yeah. the top 10 and I felt so special. And I, I figured like, I really want to do a show at wit's end and do a night with us because like there's so there's a really deep connection that Jeb and I had because I feel like I started playing there at the beginning of it when he was still trying to get it together and there were so many times that I sold out the show and didn't even imagine that something like that was possible and he was always asking me do you want to come back do you want to come back and I was like Hell yeah, we had a couple residencies there. Yeah, the Wits End thing was perfect too because it's right on the west side yeah. near all your family and yeah. everybody and friends. A and lot like, of my friends could just walk there. Yeah, and so it was like, that was some real Ra- Raquel Rodriguez yeah. shit. Yeah, so now we're I mean? going back kind of to honor Jeb and everything that he did for us, but also it's going to be it's gonna be a big night. Like it, It's kind of like the VH1 behind the scenes sort of thing. Everybody's going to talk and explain how we came to make the album miss me and the first set is kind of be going to be a little bit more intimate with just the four wait so it's like a storyteller set yeah oh do i get to come talk I'm yeah just, dude we're gonna have special guests you i'm <laughs> probably gonna ask you to do something with me so Swag. be prepared all right but uh march 8th it's gonna be a three hour thing we're Damn. gonna take a break don't worry yeah First set is going to be dinner kind of thing. Second set is going to be full on dance rage nice. stuff. That sounds tight. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Are you writing a lot? I am writing a lot of new stuff. We're working on a bunch of new things. Not a different direction, but I think that people are going to like what we're coming up with. Good. Yeah. Where can the people find you online? RQLROD.com. Everything is RQLROD. I just want to say I came up with that Twitter handle. I know. It's like <laughs> Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, <laughs> like just, I, I wanna, everything. I, is take, I just want to take my just do. I was like, you Shout know what? Shout out to Lee Shane. I said, you know what? It looks pretty tight if we drop all the fucking vowels out of your name. Yeah. Rock Except Rod. there's still an There's o. an O. There's an O. Oh, is there? Um, <laughs> Yeah, just look up Raquel Rodriguez on YouTube and at R-Q-L-R-O-D on Twitter and you'll find her. And yeah, man, love you like a sister. 
yeah, I appreciate you coming in. Thanks and, for and, having and, me. It's yeah. been a while since we no, talked. No, it has. I've purposefully like not had you on yet because like I wanted to um, establish this as something new before I started relying on the like I know that I yeah. can fucking call you whenever and be like, yeah. hey, come do this thing, and you'll do it because I we're mean, homies we live like so that. close together. Well, I mean, the studio is so far from where we live anyways. But yeah. my point is, is that, like, I didn't want people to think that I was resting on my laurels and doing yeah, a bunch of shit sure. that I had already done. You know, but at the same time, I do love you like a sister. And, and anytime that I can help with anything, I, I love when you reach out and ask me for advice. So feel Thank free you. to. And uh, and when I need a singer, I'm always going to do the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I find well, you, it was nice talking it, to you. It was again. nice talking to you. It was fun bullshitting. And, and I think that people like when I just have the friend convos instead of yeah. the, like, history ones. So this should be an enjoyable. Yeah, I think people will think we're funny. Yeah, well, I think uh, they'll think you fart a lot. <laughs> Thanks for that, by yeah, the way. That'll be terrible. Um, but yeah, man, it was fun. I'm glad you came in. Shout out to Ben Shim. Ben Shim, an old, like... Also an old friend that I haven't seen in a while. He was there. Back when you were not doing shit in the Knox City offices, <laughs> he was there actually having to do shit. He was not. He was just filming me not do no, shit. No, he doesn't film. He does audio. Come on. No. He wasn't filming. I that know. was Grady. You're getting yeah. your Koreans mixed up. <laughs> Grady... <laughs> wait is know, that the first time I that we're know. gonna hear ben shim's voice on the fucking podcast oh it uh, won't record oh. well ben shim just talked to all you guys grady he fired shots at you and said that uh don't get you guys mixed because you're cause so much uglier than him because it's offensive he said so uh <laughs> anyhow my name is lee some of you guys might know me as intuition you can follow me on twitter at it's intuition you can follow my man, Ben Shim, whom we were just talking about on the boards, making the shit sound buttery at I am database based with two S's. Follow us as a unit at that's kind of neat. We broke 700 Twitter followers. I've been waiting Ooh. for this moment forever and, and soon we're going to break a thousand and it's all because of you guys' loyal listenership and we love you for it. Uh, Facebook.com slash kind of neat and YouTube.com slash that's kind of neat where you're going to see Raquel <laughs> Rodriguez with Jamie Arendt. Do you say it Arendt or aren't? Arendt. It's Arendt, but yeah. it's spelled like aren't. Yeah, without the apostrophe. Yeah, Jamie Arendt uh, on the guitar playing uh, a song that I actually, I, I've helped jot down yeah. the second verse. Uh, and uh, it's called... Don't owe you a thing. Don't owe you a thing. She's going to be performing that. And it sounded great because uh, we've already recorded it. And um, what else? Yeah, subscribe on YouTube. Yeah, come check out my show on March 8th March at Wits 8th, End. March 8th at Wits End, where, you know, maybe I'll be there looking fucking sweaty. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know why. Uh, and then also... Sweaty and hairy. You can find everything on kindaneat.net wrapped up in a pretty package. And subscribe to us on iTunes. Don't be a lazy fuck. Download that. <laughs> subscribe. Five stars. Leave a comment about how much Raquel farts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And on that note... Raquel, my dear friend, thank you for coming in. I appreciate it. Thanks. And this was kind of neat. I'll see ya. That's kind of neat.